morning. Greet you in Jesus' name this morning. It's a privilege to be gathered together and learn lessons from Jonah. I didn't realize that what I'm going to share with you this morning is somewhat of a a compliment to that. I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're here at the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus gives us some instructions on how to pray. Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading at verse 5 and read through verse 15. Did I say Matthew 5? Matthew 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. going to look at prayer and what Jesus is instructing the disciples here. In verses 5 and 6, he instructs them to pray quietly and to be not seen of man. Does that mean that we need to go in a closet literally and pray, shutting the door so no one can see us? Let's consider the context here. I am sure that the disciples probably were very used to seeing those in the synagogue standing and praying, probably waxing very eloquent in their speech, their prayer, and using lots of words. That's the picture that I get. And Jesus is trying to contrast that, saying, you don't need to do that. You can talk to God without making a big show. As a matter of fact, verse 8 tells us that God knows what we need before we even ask. That should be comfort. That's a promise. You know, sometimes we have something we need. Well, we come to the Lord, we, we... 
we ask, we plead, we, we beg. God already knew that before I even had to do that. As a child of God's kingdom, there is great comfort in knowing that God knows what I need. Jesus is telling us we need a simple prayer. Pray from the heart. Pour out your heart to the Lord. And then he goes in on to instruct a prayer. A prayer that is very simple, yet it's very spectacular. And we know that is the Lord's Prayer. And that's what I want to look at this morning, focus on, is the Lord's Prayer. As I was studying this, I remember back when I was in kindergarten, it was common or a custom or a tradition or whatever you want to call it for us at lunchtime to, uh, well, first of all, we'd file down to the bathroom and we'd wash our hands and then we'd all file back. No running was allowed. It all had to be in order. And we all stood around the table and we'd recite the Lord's Prayer together. And for a side note, there's one lesson that I learned back in kindergarten. And we had a rule, no running. And uh, one time I ran up the steps. And of course, you know, when you're in a group of about 20 children, it doesn't take very long to isolate out who did the running. Because everybody gangs up on you and says, it was him. Well, it happened to be me. And the punishment is to walk around the table two times in front of everybody. For a little six-year-old, that was very humilifying. And uh, I didn't run again. But anyway, uh, thinking about that, how that's probably where I learned the Lord's Prayer and, and memorizing it. I think it was at the men's seminar. Uh, Louis Graber mentioned... Uh, that they have a tradition or a custom to pray the Lord's Prayer for their Sunday lunch, even if there's company. Most of us know Pete Peters often closes with the Lord's Prayer after he prays. So, I don't know how you do it. There's different ways to do it. But the Lord's Prayer is a prayer. It's a simple prayer but it's loaded with lots of nuggets of truth, lots of things we can learn, lots of things we can apply to our daily life. Lord's Prayer is also recorded in Luke chapter 11, verses 2-4. through And in this account, Luke, it appears that a disciple is asking Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray, like John was teaching his disciples. Was this two different events, or was this one event and the perspectives of two different writers being inspired by God in writing this prayer? Many scholars believe that Luke's shorter version was earlier and expanded by Matthew. Others consider Matthew's wording earlier compressed by Luke. Another possibility is that the two versions represent different traditions handed down apart from each other. That's what scholars are speculating. But it's God's Word. It's a prayer. Outside of the New Testament, this prayer's earliest recording is in the Didac. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Didac 8.2. 
It's a late century manual of the Christian instructions. And it was prescribed the prayer, prescribes the prayer's recitation three times a day. And in that wording, they, it was not worded the way that we have it, but the closing was, for yours is the power and the glory forever. And it wasn't until the ninth century that the kingdom was added to the prayer. Which, comparing that to First Chronicles chapter 29, it's a prayer by David. First Chronicles 29, verses 11 through 13. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand is to make great and give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Prayer occupied an important place in the life and teaching of Jesus. He was a man of prayer. He prayed frequently in private and in public and occasionally spending whole nights communing with his father. He often spoke to his disciples on the subject of prayer, cautioning them against the ostentation or urging perseverance, faith, and large expectations. He gave them a model of devotion in the Lord's Prayer. Do we think about the Lord's Prayer and what it says when we pray it? Let's dive in and look a little closer. This prayer should have an effect on our lives. It gets down right where the rubber meets the road, where it matters. The areas that we wrestle with in our daily lives. It's practical. Just like life, we have simple things and there's spectacular things. In almost everyone's life, there's breathtaking things and boring things, fantastic things and familiar things, extraordinary things and ordinary things, awesome things and average things. That is what we can sum up life. And God cares about my life and your life. In the Lord's Prayer, there's a two-part feel to it. You could divide it into two parts. The first part is it has three petitions, and the second one has three as well. And the first part, the three are, Hallowed be thy name, thy, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking God to bring about three things. The second three petitions are, Give us our day, our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who wronged us. And then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Feel the difference between the two halves? The first three are God's name, God's kingdom, God's will. The last three are about food, 
forgiveness and our holiness. And the first three call attention to God's greatness, and the last three call attention to our needs. The two halves have different feel. The first half feels majestic and lofty. The second half feels mundane and lowly. The mingling of eternity and the everyday events of our life. There is a correspondence between the contents of this prayer and the contents of our lives. The big and the little, the glorious and the common, the majestic and the mundane, the lofty and lowly. God has given every human a piece of eternity, a soul that will never die. Yet our body is made of dirt. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it speaks of our bodies having a treasure in it. Romans 8, verse 10, And Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We pray to our Father, God, because His name is great and holy name to be honored and reverenced and esteemed and treasured above all else. Turn to Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. And this is a prayer that Habakkuk prayed. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet upon Siganath. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years have known, in the wrath remember mercy. God came from Teman, the Holy One, from the Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covers the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hands, and there was the hiding of his power. Looking at God's name and being reverenced above all names, turn to Psalms 104. Familiar Psalms. Praise to the Sovereign Lord. Bless the Lord. I'm going to read the entire Psalms. Keep moving. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who covered Thyself with light as with the garment? Who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain? Who layeth the beams of his chambers in the water? Who maketh the clouds his chariot? Who walketh upon the wings of the wind? Who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire? Who laid the foundations of the earth that it should be, that it should not be removed forever? Thou coverest it with the deep, as with the garment the waters stood above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunder they hastened away. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, and they turn not again to cover the earth. He sendeth the springs into the valley which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild ass quench their thirst. By them shall the fowls of the heavens have their habitation which sing upon among the branches. He watereth the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. Causes the grass to grow and the cattle to nerve the service of man that he may bring forth food out of the earth and the wine that maketh glad the heart of man and oil to make his face to shine 
and bread which strengtheneth man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon which he hath planted, where the birds make their nests, as for the stock, the stork, the fir trees are her house. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats, and the rocks for the conies. He appointeth the moon for a season, the sun knoweth his, go- his going down. Thou makest darkness, and it is nigh, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. The sun arises, they gather themselves together and lay them down in their dens. Man goeth forth unto his work and to labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is great, so is this great and wide sea wherein are the things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships. There is the Levithan whom thou hast made play therein. These wait all upon thee that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them they gather, thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good, thou hidest thy face, they are troubled, they taketh away their breath, they die, and return to the dust. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever, the Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looketh on the earth, and it trembleth, he touches the hills, and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord, as long as I live, I will sing praises to my God, while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinner be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Looking at the greatness of God, when we pray, our Father, which art in heaven. Here is God who created the earth, put everything in order, and everything listens to His Word. We want God's kingdom to come. We want God's glorious, sovereign, kingly rule to be over in our hearts. The end of verse 10 there, going back to Matthew chapter 6. We invite the kingdom to come, and we say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I get a picture of angels in heaven working in harmony with God's will. So we invite God's kingdom to come. Do you get the picture? Are we working in harmony with God's will? Do I have the purpose of will to work with God in His perfect will that leaves no room for self? As we reflect on God's holiness and God's greatness, it should cause our hearts to swell with gratitude for the great things and the glorious things and the eternal things of God and His kingdom. But then there's the everyday. Verse 11, 
Give us this day our daily bread. We're asking God not for bounties of riches. We're asking for bread. The basic substance of life. Just enough to live on. Am I happy with that? Am I content with the basics? This is where I believe contentment can start. Moving on, verse 12 talks about the need to forgive. I cannot live and flourish with guilt. I will die to bear my own guilt. As we forgive our debt, we need to forgive those who wronged us. If God has forgiven us so great a debt, then we for sure need to forgive those who hurt us. You know, many of us would prefer not to illuminate the truth about our trespasses against others. We would rather that not be exposed. If we did, or did so more often, we'd see clearly we need to strive harder to do it on earth as it is in heaven. And there's a powerful phrase that we need to get a hold of, and that is, I was wrong. And then we can move on. Verse 13 speaks of not wanting to go on sinning. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We don't want to be led into any entanglement or overpowering temptation. Deliver me from evil and with every temptation there is a way of escape and I think it is within the power of the Christian that we can pray for spiritual protection and it's important that we pray for spiritual protection because if we do try to take it on our own strength it will we will lose Praying to God to walk in holiness is pleasing to the Lord. Here is the sum of the matter. Sooner or later, life is almost overwhelms you with pressures and problems. Physical problems give us this day our daily bread. Relationship and mental problems forgive us our debts as we forgive those that wronged us. Moral problems lead us not into temptation. So here is God our Father, Father who cares for His children. As an earthly father cares for His children and wants the best for His children, I believe God can care better and even greater than any earthly father can. He can cover deeper and wider than I could ever cover. God desires that we talk and to Him about our cares and our problems and our needs. And this is the best method of attack 
for that. Maybe I have a financial problem or a relationship problem or maybe a bad habit. We can pray to the Father and we can ask for help. Let's take it another step. Jesus offers a remedy, not a complete deliverance from our problems in our life. And that is in hallowing God's name. God made us to be part of his hallowing his name, exceeding his extending his kingdom and seeing his will be done on earth. God made us for something magnificent and something simple. God loves both. But is this the problem? When I fail to see the greatness of God and his name and his kingdom and his will and I lose my divine equilibrium my balance, and I become more easily overwhelmed by the problems of my life. It's our focus. If we focus on ourselves and we focus on our problems, we will lose balance. We need to focus on God, His name, His holy name, and hallowing His name. That's what gives balance to life. It may be difficult at times to see through certain situations or circumstances, but with time, experience, God's word and prayer, there will be healing. There will be joy in hallowing his name. Closing. Jesus said, This then is how you should pray. In Matthew 6, verse 9, After this manner, therefore pray. His priorities are for me, are, number one, make God's name holy and acknowledge Him as the center of the universe. Number two priority, we place his kingdom and his will first in my life, ahead of my desires, my plans, my goals, my ambitions. Priority number three, ask for what I need today, not what I need tomorrow. Priority number four, ask him to forgive me in direct proportion to the forgiveness I have offered to others. Priority number five, ask him to spare me from test and temptation and to preserve my soul from evil. Trust that this has been a challenge to you as it's been a challenge to me in looking at the Lord's Prayer and, and seeing how the Majestic, yet the simple and mundane things intertwine with each other. 
as we have a relationship with the Lord. Let's kneel for prayer. Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your word. Thank you for sending your son on earth to teach us how to live. Lord, thank you for each one that's here this morning. Thank you for their presence. Pray a blessing on each one as for being here. Pray that you would guide and direct and lead in each life, struggles, the trials, temptations. Lord, help us to put our confidence in you and tap into your the source of your power and your strength. Lord, thank you for that power that we can have in you. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that are missing amongst us this morning. Pray a blessing to them where they're at. And Lord, thank you too that you taught us how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.